Have you ever wondered if your child might need speech therapy? That's what we're talking about today on the Dorenda Wilson podcast. Hey everyone, I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. Excuse me, 27-year veteran homeschooling mom, if you don't count preschool. (laughs) I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. Um, The four-hour school day, how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, uh, which is a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschool moms. You can find all three of those books on Amazon. You can find them at DorendaWilson.com. And you can find The 4-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the two places that I mentioned. I'm super excited that you're here today. I'm looking forward to talking about this topic. But I want to let you know that there are some upcoming conferences that I'm going to be, uh, where I'm going to be speaking. And if you're near these areas, I would love to meet you. So um, the, the first ones that are coming up um, is a Moms Refresh Ladies event. And this is in Denver, Colorado. And uh, I will be there on March 4th. I'll be giving three sessions. So I hope you'll check into that. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you. Also, the end of March, I am in Kansas City doing uh, speaking at the MPE conference, which is the Midwest Parent Educators uh, Conference. And so you can also check that out. Um, actually, there's I have one link that takes you to a page that gives you the links to all the places I'll be speaking at. And there's like seven of them in the coming months. But these are the ones that I just mentioned. Are These are the ones that are upcoming uh, the soonest. Um, Boston, the end of April. So if you're interested in that. So I'll leave that link again in the show notes if you want to uh, check out those events. Um, the other event that's going on is an online event that I'm participating in. It is called Homegrown Generation Conference. And these conference dates are March 6th to the 9th. And I'm super excited about it because it's an interactive online conference, which is really unusual. Most conferences, you don't get to interact with the speakers, but you do at this particular conference. Um, Of course, you have to attend live to speak, to interact, but you can also uh, have, you will also have lifetime access to all of these sessions um, forever. Lifetime is forever. So you'll have access to those plus all the sessions from the conference they did two years ago. So that's a lot of great, um, a lot of great sessions. And the the tickets are only $35. And I'm going to leave a coupon code here for you to get $10 off. So look in the show notes, or you can go to homegrowngeneration.com slash Dorinda. So, um, but again, I'll leave the, I'll leave the link in the show notes um, just to let you know what I'm going to be talking about at this online conference. Um, It's going to be, um, the topic is going to be dealing with mom guilt. So we all, uh, we all experience it. We all struggle with it. Um, And it can just be discouraging. So I'm hoping that, um, I can bring you loads of encouragement through that particular session. I'm going to be encouraging you with truth, um, scripture, and stories of how the Lord has worked through um, my obedience to home educate and disciple the hearts of my children. Um, and, and you know, I'm not a perfect mom, but and I still struggle with mom guilt. So um, I by no means have, have the corner on the market here, but I will be sharing my heart and some of the things that I've learned. And um, I know that it's going to be an encouragement to you. I, you know, moms struggle with lots of things. We struggle with mom guilt, but a lot of times we struggle it with a topic of math. Um, 
And I don't know if you try you have tried CTC math yet with your child. Um, I want to just share a quick testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and enjoy, and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you're doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. So moms, if you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. And I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. And a little side note on the show notes. Sometimes if you're listening from a platform other than Podbean or my website, which is also listening from Podbean, which is the original platform that that the podcast goes out on. Um, it gets, it gets, it goes through Podbean out to iTunes and whatever platform you might be listening from. And uh, sometimes the show notes don't make it all the way through. So if you're missing those or you're not seeing what you want, just go to my website and find the podcast episode and you'll be able to see everything right there. All right. So we know that, um, a lot of times when we're homeschooling our kids, they need they need extra help. And therapies can be expensive, but also really helpful at times. So um, if you or someone you know uh, are trying to decide if your child needs speech therapy, today's episode is for you. Today, I have a guest, Brandy Condon. She is a homeschooling mom of two kids, a nine-year-old and a newborn. Um, she has been... Uh, doing speech therapy, been a speech therapist since 2006. She has worked with a wide range, uh, pretty much the widest range of speech therapy, and that is birth all the way to 100 years old. But right now she is really focused on kids and I wanted to have her on the podcast to share um, just some of her knowledge, her experience, and to help give direction um, in case you or someone you know is wondering if maybe your kids need speech therapy. Brandy, welcome. We're so thankful you're here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sure. And we were just talking before we started recording and um, you can hear the little little newborn sounds. Um, her baby is uh, 10 weeks old, right, Brandy? Yeah. So if you hear little coos, she's sleeping in my lap. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, we... Um, I guess I'm just going to start with the most basic question, you know, what is speech therapy and how is it helpful? Okay. So, you know, when most people think of speech therapy, they think of the typical, you know, your kid can't say R's or S's, mm -hmm. um, but it's so much more broad than that. And that's one of the things that I love. Um, you cannot possibly get bored as a speech therapist because um, people probably wondered when you said I've worked with somebody at birth why would a kid at birth need speech? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we also work on swallowing because you use the same muscles for speech that you use for swallowing. So I was actually with that newborn working on latching and swallowing. Um, so we work with pretty much anything that you do with those muscles. <laughs> um, mm. Voice, um, you know, you can hear kids with a really hoarse vocal quality. That's actually not normal. Um, mm -hmm. so that's something that we work on. We work on swallowing, we work on even texture aversion. If you have a kid that, you know, they won't eat certain textures. Oh, okay. Um, we also work on auditory processing, which is, you know, if you've got a kid and you keep giving them directions and they're not following directions and you're, you know, I've had some parents say, they're just not listening. Sometimes it could be that they're not listening, but sometimes it could be that they're having difficulty actually processing all the information that they heard. 
So, you know, I see that a lot where they need direction simplified. These kids are the ones that if you say to them, um, the green horse was on top of the blue building and you say, what color is the horse? And they just look at you. Mm, Did mm -hmm. you talk about a horse? I don't, purple? I don't know. And they kind of make something up because what they held on to was part of that sentence, but Mm. not the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So we do also do the articulation stuff, the typical stuff that people think of. um, And also language delay. Uh, I know a lot of people know about that. You've got a kid that's not talking yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So there, I mean, it's really broad. Like I said, we even have, you know, some people in the field working on accent reduction when we have people come over from other countries and they Mm. want to um, make their English easier to be understood. Um, I've worked with professors before to help them um, make their, we always say I had a professor in college, they were putting the stress on the wrong syllable. So you know how they stress the wrong syllables. So we can do a lot of different things. Um, But with kids, typically what I'm working on is language and those articulation issues. Right, right, right. Wow, that's really fascinating. I had no idea that speech therapy covered that that broad of a range. Um, I did know about the auditory processing because our son ended up um, going to speech therapy for auditory processing. He was around, I don't know, five or six, maybe seven years old. And um, he loved it. He looked so forward to those appointments every, it was every couple of weeks. And he made progress so quickly. And I was so thankful. We had a good speech therapist that, you know, because the whole thing, you know, kind of have to you have to click with the with the person. A kid has to click with that adult. You know, I think it's easier for adults to adjust to kids than kids, you know, adjusting to adults. So, um, so yes, speech therapists can be a huge, huge blessing. Um, so, all right. So, what are some normal developmental speech issues that kids might have? You mentioned a couple, but are there some that we're maybe not associating with needing speech therapy? Yes. So I've had, you know, when I have friends and they find out I'm a speech therapist, of course, they start sounding things at me like, okay, is this normal? Is this normal? Do we need speech for this? Um, So when they're two or three, it's totally fine if you can't understand a lot of the things that they say. Um, Because I've had moms ask me about R. That's a big one. You know, the rainbows and the wabbits. Mm -hmm. If they are under the age of there's a range that says about five or seven, but I say a safe range would say if they're under the age of six and they can't say their R's, that's okay. Mm, um, we don't mm-hmm. expect them to be able to say those. That's a later developing sound. It's actually the latest one because R, you can't really see how to make that one. It's right. on the back of your tongue. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a really difficult sound. What you want to look at is the sounds that we make with our lips together. So like P, B, M... W, the ones that they can see really well. If they're producing Mm -hmm. those sounds and they're two to three years old, you're probably pretty good. Um, But I did want to just mention too, I've had moms, so many moms, this has happened more than once, come to me and say, I went to my pediatrician. I was concerned because moms know we've got that that gut. We know my kid's not talking the way that they should. Um, Mm -hmm. And the pediatrician would say, oh, well, we'll just wait. Uh, It's fine, you know. And I'm not down in the pediatricians, you know, they, they are very knowledgeable, but speech and language is a highly specialized area. And if mom feels like, you know, there's an issue there every time the mom was right. Um, Mm. So just keep, 
pushing, you know, and say, well, you know, it's okay if you don't think there's an issue, but I really feel like we should just have it checked out. And the pediatricians are going to say, you know, all right, it's not going to hurt to have an evaluation done. Um, and at least then you'll have some peace of mind. But if you see that um, the big thing that you look for is if they are not babbling, if mm-hmm. they're not doing the normal things that, you know, kids do, like environmental noises, like just making noises all the time, animal sounds, um, mimicking faces with their lips. You want them to do those things. Um, and if they're saying things like Nana instead of banana around two or three, that's good. That's called, you know, simplification. They're making those simplifications on their own. Right. That's part of the normal progress of speech. If they're doing those things, then their chances are they're where they're supposed to be. But okay. if you've got that gut feeling and you feel like they're not putting words together, they're not, you know, requesting things, they're not, you want them to understand the basic communication, the the form of communication, you know, this is a give and take. If I want attention from my parents and I make a noise and they look at me, then I'm rewarded. But Mm -hmm. if I'm not trying to gain that attention by making a noise, making some kind of a vocal approximation or a sound, or even, you know, if they're not verbal and they've got gestures, that's Mm -hmm. still giving them that foundation of what communication is. Right. So you want them to have that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are there other signs to watch for that indicate that they might need intervention? I would say frustration is a big one. Mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. see that they are frustrated with communication, mm-hmm. that is a big red flag for you. So if they are frustrated because you don't understand them, because I mean, moms, we speak whatever language our kids speak. Right. So, you know, if they've got that jargon that nobody else understands, mom always understands. So if mom Mm -hmm. can't understand, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, So that Mm -hmm. was something that I would say definitely, you know, request an evaluation. Um, So if they're frustrated because you can't understand them, then definitely look into an evaluation. But also if they're frustrated because they don't understand you, you're Mm -hmm. giving them some kind of direction. You're saying, can you go get the ball? They should be able to do that. That's a very simple command. Go get the ball. If your child is, you know, around two years old and they can't do that, that's something you need to look at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. So so I'm just trying to, I'm going to just sort of like re-say to you what I hear you okay. saying in terms of ages. And it sounds like around six, they should be speaking clearly. Yeah, I'd say you should around that age, between five to seven, you should understand about 90% of what they're saying. Okay. Okay. I think that's important for, for moms to know, because I, I know that, you know, um, moms, there are many moms out there who weren't raised with a, a knowledge of, you know, child development and what's normal at what age. And so I think they end up really doubting themselves. And I love what you said about listening to your instinct, you know, like what, if you're just uneasy about something, it's not going to hurt anything to have it checked out. Um, but at the same time, we don't have to like put everything under a microscope if they're under, you know, five or six years old. I think it's important not to panic either. So, um, you know, it's just the same counsel I would give every mom, no matter what age their kids are, no matter what they're dealing with, pray about it. You know, ask the Lord, do we need, you know, some help? Do we need intervention? Can you lead me to some resources? Because some that can be overwhelming sometimes, just knowing where to start. But you kind of gave some indicator of that, which is typically with your pediatrician. 
Right. Yeah. yeah so, and so, yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. Um, so you just basically, when they're, you know, babies, you start to see them, they, they're interested, they're looking at you and they're wanting to imitate animal sounds and they, they have little verbal approximations for like your dog. They might not be able to say the dog's name or they might not even be, be able to say dog, but you, they have something that they say to you that shows you that that's their name for dog right. or their favorite right. toy. So if you mm-hmm. see those things and they're approaching toddler age, then those are really good things. But if you mm-hmm. don't see those things and they're approaching the toddler age, they don't have names for their favorite toys or they mm-hmm. don't request more milk or more juice or cookies with some kind of a, a word or their version of the word. It doesn't have to be perfectly clear, but it's something right. that they pronounce it the same thing, same way each time then you know that they have some understanding of the foundation of language, and that's what you're looking for. Also, um, sitting and listening to books, nursery rhymes, those kinds of things. And um, when you stop, if it's a book you've read a lot of times or a book with a lot of repetition, when you stop, this is kind of a way you can kind of test it at home. When you stop at a part that you know they know that word that's coming up, just stop and see if they'll try to say it. Mm -hmm. If they'll try to fill in that blank or with a song Songs are big, really, really big. Mm. Um, there's a reason they're so popular to do nursery rhymes and those little um, songs with kids because they work. So mm-hmm. when you're singing those songs, if you just stop, see if they'll fill it in. Even if it's not perfectly clear, if it sounds kind of like it, then you you know, okay, they understand and they're trying to communicate that with me. But the biggest thing is, yeah, like I said, if you feel like in your gut something is up that you need to have it checked, like, yeah, it's not going to hurt to have an evaluation done. No. And I love what you said about just being a little persistent. And a lot of times the pediatrician will be like, sure, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Because a lot of times your insurance will cover it if the pediatrician refers it. Um, so, you know, just being a little bit more persistent. Uh, don't be afraid to do that, moms, um, if you feel like that's something that you want to check out. So what are some things that moms might be able to do at home before seeking intervention? So um, kind of what I was touching on before, Mm -hmm. um, it depends on their age, but typically, I mean, even if they are later developing with language and they're not talking the way you would want them to, you're kind of still going to start at the same place. If they're not speaking, you're going to go back to making those animal sounds and just really sounding ridiculous to anybody else that's listening to you. But it makes it fun for them. And they, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. how kids start talking is making animal sounds and mimicking like even a big truck and like, you know, those funny right. sounds that shows them what they can do with their lips and their tongue and their cheeks and puffing up air and doing all those things. So if you're at a place where they're doing that, but they're just not putting two and three words together, then model that for them. So if they walk up to you and they say, Nana, then you look at them and say, I want banana, hand them the mm-hmm. banana, or I want okay. a banana. So give them that good model of what it is they're supposed to be saying. Right. Um, I would caution, um, the old school of thought used to be, um, make them say it first, make them repeat it. The reason that I would caution that is because um, sometimes it may not be just a plain language delay. Mm-hmm. So if it's a language delay, then we do need to teach them the form of what I was talking about before, just a, a form of communication. Even if, you know, it's just like exchanging a picture, you know, for, I want a banana, then you model, I want banana. But if we withhold the object from them until they say that phrase, there may be something else going on that's keeping them from using that, that 
phrase mm-hmm. um, because there are things called motor speech disorders. And with a motor speech disorder, that's why a speech therapist is so important because it's totally different than a language delay. Mm-hmm. When it's mm-hmm. a motor speech disorder, these kids know exactly what they want to say. They know how to request something, but there is, um, it's almost like the wires are crossed when it's going from mm-hmm. their brain to their mouth mm-hmm. and the sounds come out different and you can't understand them. Okay. So that would be like, you know, somebody tying your hands together and saying, now tie your shoe. So, mm-hmm. and and not letting you move from that spot until you tie your shoes. So right. I would caution against forcing them to say something because these kids who do have those speech and language delays, if it is because of a motor speech disorder, they've already experienced so much communication failure mm-hmm. that that might discourage them. And, and I've seen kids just that had been through that where, you know, it had been treated as a language delay and then they get to me and I'm like, well, that's, it's not really a language delay. It's a motor speech disorder, which is different. You got to approach it a different way. And by that time they had gotten so frustrated that they had kind of backed off on even trying. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I would just, if they're not talking as much as you feel like they should be, um, model it, always mm-hmm. model it because that's the thing that's going to be successful with a language delay or a motor speech disorder. The more they hear it and that repetition, the more it's going to be implanted in their brains and they're going to be more likely to repeat it. Um, right. But just, I would definitely recommend having a speech therapist um, to help you distinguish between the two. And then they can give you some kind of a home program for you to do at home to work on that every day. And if they tell you, you know, no, you need to withhold it. Cause sometimes we do have those language delay kids and they are a little bit, um, they've learned, I don't have to say it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll get it anyway. Um, right. so with those, you do kind of have to push a little bit more. Um, but I do think it would be wise to just have that professional tell you, you know, which one is it so that you know which way to go. Right, right. That makes total sense. So with, with that in mind, you're, you're talking about working with a speech therapist. What should parents look for in a speech therapist? Um, so the, the big thing is um, make sure that they are certified. Um, okay. And the way you can find that out is we have a national association called ASHA. It's A-S-H-A. Um, and that's where we get our national certification. If somebody is ASHA certified, then that means that they have a national certification that they have to keep up by getting continuing education. So they're maintaining their license. They're not kind of working off of a degree they got 30 years ago and they haven't ever learned any of the new things or any of the new research. We have to maintain our license by doing continuing education courses. So when there's a new discovery of, okay, you know, we don't need to approach this disorder this way anymore. There's new science on it, you know. Right, They right. are more up-to-date on things. Um, right. Also, for the most part, I would say the speech therapist, you know, community is playful and um, will listen to parents and they work well with kids if they are in that field where they're working with kids. If they don't work well with kids, for the most part, they're not in the, the part of the field that works with kids. Um but I can't say that every single one's going to be perfect. Um, so, you know, it's just like any other person. So if you go to one and you're not, you know, meshing well with them, 
um, you know, pray about it. And if you feel like you need to find another one, I mean, cause we all have different personalities and right. kids have different personalities. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, respond well to, um, you know, s- very stiff structure, but some, you kind of have to let them lead and you have to follow the kids and see, you know, what it is that they're interested in. So I'd say mm-hmm. just, um, a lot of the times the therapists will have like an observation window if it's at a clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's, someone who comes to your home, you'll know right away if that, mm-hmm. if it's going to work well, cause the kids mm-hmm. <laughs> will let you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say just number one, make sure they're certified. Um, and number two, just make sure that it's the right fit for your family. Right. Right. Perfect. Yes. I, I agree with you. I think there has to be, there's a little bit of a dynamic that has to go on there, um, to know for sure you just have to try, try them on, <laughs> try them on. And exactly how, how the kids respond. And yeah, as parents, like we know, especially homeschooling moms, like we are so tuned in to our kids. I, I remember, um, our son went, um, for like an evaluation and I was listening to how this gal was working with him. And, and I was just, I, she was terrible with him. Like, <laughs> awful. And I, and I kept thinking, oh, just try this, just try this, you know, and then he'll answer your question. And, and, uh, so that was disappointing, but it worked out because she could not, she couldn't do the evaluation because he wouldn't answer any of her questions because it wasn't, it wasn't clicking with him. Um, you know, as his mom, I knew, oh, if you word it this way, he'll, he'll know what you're saying. And so turned out that, um, she wanted to send us back to our pediatrician for, um, to see if he was deaf or see if he had hearing hearing problems. Oh, no. And as a mom, I was like, oh, this is funny because I know he can hear, he can hear just fine, but let's do it. Let's just do it anyway. And that was sort of our, that was our path to get to a good speech therapist. So we went back to the pediatrician, pediatrician referred us over to a, a clinic and he got a really great evaluate. They were so good with him. And it, just seeing the difference, I can attest to, you know, it really does matter. Like, to have a good speech therapist or someone who um, clicks with your kid. And like I said, he went on to do therapy and absolutely loved it. And uh, it was super helpful. So um, that, all right. that is, goes back to um, the mom's gut mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because mm-hmm. I've had kids, you know, when I'm some of the therapy programs, you know, they can be kind of rigid mm-hmm. Um And I use those as a guide, but I try to always like exactly what you said, you know, if you're calling something soda and they don't call it soda at home, maybe they have a special name for it. And you're asking him, where's the soda? I want him to point to it in the picture. And he's just looking at you. But mom says, well, that's not what we call it. We call it this, you Mm -hmm. know, you need one that's going to listen to mom and listen to this is what we call it at home. This is how we do it at home. Because if it is foreign to them, it's not a word they've ever heard they're not going to point to it. Right, um, exactly. And that changes the, the, the whole landscape of how, of the evaluation, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it, that's so good. That's so good. So I, I think, was there anything else, you know, that you want to make sure that you communicate? Um, yeah, I, oh. I definitely do want to, um, books are so important. I mm-hmm. forgot to mention that when you said, what mm-hmm. else can moms do? Mm-hmm. Books are so important. I mean, I can't tell you I can do so many things with books. Um, and especially books when they're really young, you don't even have to read the words. You're just looking at the pictures and naming all the objects that increases vocabulary that helps with their attention. 
that helps with their processing, have them point, you know, where is the dog? Where's the cat? And then you can start talking about, you know, what sound does the cat make? Where does the Mm -hmm. cat live? What does the cat eat? You know, all kinds of things. Um, So start out with, you know, just picture books going through and the act of just sitting and turning the pages, paying attention. Then when you get to um, the, where they're getting closer to the age to read, um, make sure that you're pointing to the words and read some of the same books. Uh, Dr. Seuss. I love Dr. Seuss um, Mm -hmm. because they are so repetitive and they learn those sounds and they have those fun little rhymes that kids like to repeat. So reading, reading, reading and singing and just playing, just playing Mm -hmm. with them in the floor and letting them hear all those sounds and watch your face. Right, right. I totally hear what you're saying. I loved getting down on the floor with my kids and just, you know, just talking about whatever it was they were playing with and asking them questions. And um, it was just, it's so much fun. And it's, it's, it can be so hilarious too. Kids are so funny. Um, I found those, those moments like so enjoyable with our kids. And I love that because reading to them and having these conversations and doing the things that you're mentioning are just natural things that we do as moms. And uh, and it's such an encouragement to know that these natural things, these things that we were sort we sort of naturally do with our kids are actually also helping them learn to speak, helping them, you know, process uh, words better, speak more clearly, you know, all these things. And it's, and it's none of it's formal. It's just this nurturing that's going on. So, um, I love that. I feel like that sort of takes a load off because I think sometimes moms, I think they feel like, oh, they always have to get only the professionals can do this, you know? And it's like, no, if you just love and nurture your kids and just like respond to them in a nurturing way, um, so much of this stuff just happens on its own. Yeah, and, it and, comes uh, natural. And absolutely. that's another thing I wanted to mention too. Um, so when you go to a therapist, um, they should um, give you some you know, kind of like homework. It's not really right. homework, but just right. things to do because it makes the therapy more effective. Mm-hmm. They can tell mm-hmm. you, you know, this is what maybe if you see them once a week or mm-hmm. twice a week. But what I tended to do, um, is just try to see them once a week and give parents work on this this week. Right. Because right. you guys can do so much more. You see them every day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even if they came to speech every day, you know, five days a week, you're going to be able to get so much more done with like a home program or just practicing, practice this worksheet. Or, right. you know, if it's like a kid with, you know, memory problems, because we work on that as well, like short-term memory things, mm-hmm. um, you know, play the grocery store game where you make a grocery list and you go back and forth adding things to the list until you can see, you know, oh, I can't remember. We got to 10 things and we forgot all of them. You know, mm-hmm. those kinds of things, you can right. make it something to practice in the car or you mm-hmm. know, so many things where you can make it so that it's not something they just do in the speech room, but they do it everywhere. So it's making Life. it more functional. Yes, absolutely. You know, like at the grocery store, I'm thinking about, you know, you're, you've got your cart, you're taking things off the shelf and, you know, they can say the things as you're putting them into the cart and, and then have them, you know, repeat back to you. What did we just put in the cart and see how many things they can remember? You know, it's just fun, just a lot of fun. So this has been great. I am so thankful that uh, you were willing to spend some time with us because I had no idea actually that, 
you know, speech therapy covered such a vast array of things. And so I think this is such great information for moms um, with kids of all ages. So thank you again for, for being here with us. And I would love for you to share what services you have to offer. Um, well, right now, because I am a full-time mommy um, and homeschool mommy, um, I am doing therapy service services virtually. Um, mm-hmm. So I do it via Zoom at home. Um, so I'm available if anybody has any questions or if they want to, you know, even if they just, you're not sure and they just want to kind of right. email me and ask sure. me, you know, this sure. is what's going on. Um, can you help me? Or right. do, what do you think I should do? Um, okay. I'm, I'm always willing to help a mom, especially homeschool moms, because I know we all kind of stick together and um, mm-hmm. that's, we're all a community together. That's what we're supposed to do is, you know, help each other in community. Um, and I'd just be happy to help. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll leave your uh, contact information in the um, in the show notes so moms can reach out to you if, if they need to. And appreciate you offering that. And again, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Sure. All right. So moms, uh, one last thing. If you are uh, looking for a great magazine, Homeschooling Magazine, Homeschooling Today is awesome. You know, I write for them and I've written for them for years because uh, we have the same um, sort of perspective when it comes to homeschooling. And uh, these issues are issues you would never throw away. You would just keep and go back to over and over again. So I'll leave a link in the show notes to those as well. Let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for these precious kids that you have given us, Lord. Um, I lift up these moms who are listening and and, uh, just sort of having to make decisions about what it is they uh, might need to do with their kids. And so I just pray for wisdom, for discernment. Um, I ask that the things that are appropriate for their particular situation, um, the things that were talked about in this episode would come to mind. And I ask that you would uh, give them the resources they need if uh, they need to reach out for outside help. Um, and we just thank you for the the resources that you have provided. Thank you for Brandy and um, what she does and the ways that she blesses families and for her being here today. And God, we just thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. 